I have a confession to make. There have been occasions when I have gone to the cinema to see a movie and come away from it enjoying it, enjoying the storyline and the cinematography, then chatting with someone about the movie afterwards, they start talking about these hidden layers of the storyline and, and the meanings within those hidden layers. And I'm thinking, what? Some of you may have experienced that, uh, whether it be at the movies or reading literature or music as well. It's like you've been to the same cinema, sat next to each other, but seen two different movies. Or you've read the same book, but seen and experienced two different stories. I can imagine that that must have been what it was like for the crowds walking home after hearing some of Jesus' stories. Today, we're going to look at just one. Let me pray. Jesus, as we spend some time in your word, as we experience one of the occasions in your life, I ask that you would help it to be real to us today. But more than just being real to us today in this moment, that it would be something that would continue to transform us and reshape us and hone us to be able to live life well for, as we seek to follow you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us deep to deep? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, then I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. It was not the first time that Jesus ever spoke through a parable. He'd already spoken about lamps under baskets or wise and foolish builders, about wine in wineskins and taking on a strong man. But with Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 23, in the parable about the farmer scattering seed, um, the pattern of storytelling that's starting to emerge in the life of Jesus prompts Jesus' first followers to ask the question, why do you do it? Why do you speak in parables? And as we look at this occasion in the life of Jesus, I want to suggest that there is both the forest and the trees. Have you ever heard the saying, that saying, you can't see the forest for the trees? Well, I think there's both in this and both should not be missed so let's dive in matthew chapter 13 verses 1 to 23 it's a decent chunk of scripture um, and so i'm reading from the new living translation and the words are also on the screen behind me later that same day jesus left the house and sat beside the lake a large crowd soon gathered around him so he got into a boat then he sat there and taught the people uh, um, that stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. 
But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns, and they grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, which, and they produced a crop which was 30, 60, even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone who hears, has ears, sorry, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 10. His disciples came to him and asked, Why do you use parables when you talk to people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little they understand, they uh, understand they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Verse 14 goes on. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. Their, they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. They longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Verse 19. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on rocky soil represent those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seeds that fell among thorns represent those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that falls that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. So in essence, what Jesus is saying about the, the use of parables is that some people will hear a good story. Jesus was an engaging and entertaining and a really interesting speaker and a great storyteller. For some who heard Jesus' teaching, they would have been like um, that seed that fell on the footpath. They would have been like the footpath and, and the hard coding and the resistance to, to the message of Jesus would have just meant that it didn't dig deep, it didn't sink in. 
Many of the religious establishment in Jesus' day were like that. They resisted the seeds of Jesus, rejecting not only the message, but also the messenger. They were like Teflon. Nothing that Jesus says is going to stick for them. Others, on hearing Jesus' message and and buy the T-shirt and have the matching wristband and think that this Jesus thing, you know, that's really cool. But like the T-shirt and the wristband, Jesus is today's fad and tomorrow forgotten. Lost in the back of the drawer, holding little more than sentimental value. Others hear the message, put down roots, but the call of work and a mortgage and the establishment of life um, for the here and now distracts them from the things of eternal value. Then some, some dig deep, weather the storms and the thorns and grow strong and tall and faithful and fruitful. For the crowds, some would have left the Capernaum shoreline on the way home and were happy to have heard a good yarn, a good story. Albeit at times a little bit puzzling, but apart from a bit of diversional therapy, a distraction from the other things of the day, they thought little more of it. For others, It was the perfect entree that had them hungry for more of Jesus and their appetite drove them to learn and to live out more of this Jesus teaching. And rightly so. For generations, this parable has been understood as an expression of and the experience and an encouragement to those who share the good news of Jesus. As we do, as we talk to people about Jesus, as we, as we share God's love with, uh, uh, with others, then some people, it's just not going to grab for them. They're not going to be interested. Others will run with it and soon run out of path. The good news of Jesus and about being a follower of Jesus will sometimes, for some people, gather dust on a bookshelf or sit in the back of some nostalgic drawer. There are certainly trees to be seen in this story, but should we dismiss the forest so quickly? I think not. And what has any of this to do with Mother's Day anyway? Well, let me just join a couple of dots. Okay, placing ourselves back into the context of this Jesus audience there would have been a response of some degree of absurdity to the story that Jesus is telling about this farmer. I believe that on hearing it, they would have been thinking, well, you can tell Jesus is a much better carpenter than he is a farmer. For Jesus' farming audience and crowd in general, they would have known the realities of Psalm 126 verses 5 and 6. In the New Living Translation, it's translated in this way, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seeds, but they sing 
as they return with the harvest. There would have been times where the farmer would have had in the corner of his home, in a bag or in a jar, this seed sitting there in the corner of the house. And at nights when they put their head on their bed, they would have wondered with hunger in their stomachs, is it really worth saving that seed? Holding out for the next season, waiting to plant it. Why not eat it now? Yet they wait. This is a precious, precious resource. And as the farmer carefully, intentionally scatters seed where it will get the most return, as they have hunger yearning in their stomach, tears streaming down their face, as what they could easily eat, they throw to the ground. These seeds of hope, these seeds sown in faith, will in time give a harvest to feed the farmer's family. So to hear Jesus talking about this farmer, scattering seeds so liberally on footpaths, on rocky soil, on ill-prepared ground, must have seemed absurd to Jesus' audience. But such is the generosity of God's love. Jesus doesn't just love sparingly. Jesus doesn't love reluctantly. He sends the rain on the unjust and the just, on the unrighteous and the righteous. There are an un unreserved, uh, a lavish generosity shown in Jesus' story that should set us back on our heels and think, wow, God really loves. The good news of Jesus' love, the good news of Jesus' offer of a restored relationship is not just offered to those who may be good soil. God's generous love is showered on all. And when I think of many mums that I know, I see a similar, yes, at times imperfect, but a similar love, a generous love of a mum towards their children. They generously shower their love on children, not knowing if it will bring a return in the future. Will it bring a harvest of similar love, of the similar values, dealing with the tough, rebellious years of children, words spoken in anger. For those mums and mother figures here or joining us online, as you have and continue to generously love as God loves, may you know that in your doing so, you share God's heart. And may you know God's joy and encouragement, especially in those times where you feel as though those precious seeds that are sown in love 
seem to be swept away. But I also know that there are children who carry a silent grief of broken or destructive relationships. You've yearned for the love of a mum and you still find yourself thirsty. May you know the motherhood of God is rich in love for you and the same God who formed you in the womb saw you take your first steps and was there and heard you speak your first words, loves you deeply and generously. And may each of us on this day, as recipients of God's love, God's generous love, and as followers of Jesus, may we also generously love others. Jesus, a little while later when he was speaking to his first followers um, and speaking to us today as his ongoing followers, he speaks in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, and he says this, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are mine. You are one of my disciples. Not insular love, not the enclosed circle of wagons, group hug love, but a love like Jesus loves, a love like this farmer loves, a generous love that translates languages, that traverses boundaries to the glory of God. And as recipients of such love from God, may we be also followers of Jesus who also generously show such love to others. Let me pray. Jesus, as we are reminded of your word today, as we take some time just now to sit and to soak in what your word says to us. Help us to respond in a way that, that makes you proud, that has you say, that's my child. That's my boy. That's my girl. And as we seek to continue to extend and show your love to a world that doesn't know you, to many that can be like that hard, hard ground, Lord, I ask that you would continue to help us to be generous in that love. Lord, help us to, to drink deep, to, to dive into your love, to not pull away from it, but to press into it even in those times where we want to rebel, help us to turn our attention to you. Lord, continue to do your good work in and through us for your glory. Amen. So how might we respond today? Well, there's a couple of things that I'd encourage you to consider doing. Maybe take some time now to write a prayer thanking God for a mother's love. It may not be a biological mother, but a mother figure. There's someone that may stand out for you that you think, yeah, 
I am so grateful for this person and their role in my life. Take just a moment to write a prayer of thanks to God for a mother's love. Another option is for you to invite the Holy Spirit to bring healing to broken hearts and broken relationships. Maybe write a prayer asking God to be doing a special work in your life and in those relationships. Or maybe you want to today write a prayer of commitment, committing yourself to grow in your generous love for others even when there is no guarantee of return. There's going to be some music played and as it is, I invite you to take those response cards or use the chat function um, and just take some time to respond to the things that God's been saying to you today. God bless you.